Hello, hello, welcome, welcome, beautiful beings, beautiful people, and everything in between. <laughs> this is Gabrielle Jaffir. I'm coming to you from the Illuma Collective. I am, what am I? Oh my gosh. I am the founder of the Illum Collective, and I am also, <sighs> I'm also a student, a seeker, an intuitive, a healer, a creator, and... I think my favorite of all of those words, I mean, what is, what are they anyway, but facilitator. I am a facilitator. And in particular for the Earthology podcast, I'm a facilitator for our mission, which is to support in ending all disconnection with our natural world and our natural being. This episode that you're listening to right here is a very special and powerful uh, type of episode, I should say, that we will be having on the Earthology podcast called a Moon Rhythm Report, and we will be publishing, releasing, I don't know what the word is, um, every new moon. Now, this is our first episode, and quite honestly, we are still figuring out the ins and the outs of how this is all going to be structured and how this all works. Plus, there's so much information to get through in terms of explaining what a moon rhythm report is that you're just going to have to kind of bear with us. On that note, I just have to say that this process of creating has been incredibly humbling. There's so much out there these days that is so polished and so, like, seemingly perfectly put together and I almost crumbled under that kind of pressure because I wanted to have all the segments perfect, I wanted to have a perfect intro, blah 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 blah, but honestly at one point I was like, you know what? You know what's so much more important to me (laughs) is to represent the real real (laughs) which is that the creative process is messy and chaotic and often the creative process is about discovering as you go and just committing to the doing of it and the embodiment of what it is in the present time. So that's what we're doing here. So I hope you bear with us as we kind of figure out how this is all going to work. But also, I just want to say I'm so, it sounds so cheesy, but I'm so incredibly grateful that you are here. Your time, your attention, your presence and participation in this conversation, in this discovery it's uh, i mean this is this is why we do it this is this is about connecting with people so thank you i don't know you i can't see you but thank you i feel it and i'm really 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 grateful that you're here So first, I want to talk a little bit about what this is, why we're doing this, and I'm going to go back actually to repeat what our mission with this podcast, with this project is, and that is to support or to facilitate in ending all disconnection with our natural world and our natural being. We want to end disconnection with our natural world and our natural being. And that is because in order to live a consciously empowered and harmonized life, we need to have connection with our earth, with our environment, with the people around us, with the animals and with the sky and with natural rhythms and harmony because the natural rhythms and harmony of the earth validate our humanity. So this is kind of a key point. This is based on the understanding that people throughout time, any earth-based people knew this, that the characteristics in our environment throughout the year 
directly affects our energetic, our emotional, our mental, our spiritual, our physical experiences. But not only that, it's also that these energies and these realities, these characteristics of the seasons and of our planet reflect profound awareness to us about ourselves, which is also constantly going through all kinds of shifts and changes of rises and falls and different cycles and stages. But it's also about knowing that our experience as humans can be mirrored and can be met by the world around us, which is so incredibly important because when we can build a greater context of what's going on in the collective and in our physical plane that is affecting us, we can begin to build a deeper sense of belonging and a deeper sense of purpose that is not limited to our passing experience, our passing emotions. You know, we're rooted in a greater collective evolution. And so what they are is an intuitive and attuned collective energetic forecast that uses the natural environment and the natural rhythms and cycles of the moon and the sun as a guide, as a mirror, as a teacher for us to help us orient within our lives, within our processes, within our emotions and projects that we're doing and everything. So it's really important to say that this is not astrology. This is earthology. <laughs> and I have come to know this practice as a compliment to astrology. You know, they say as above, so below. So we've chosen to use the 12 moon cycles um, as chapters, as, as markers of particular phases and chapters of different energies throughout the solar cycle. And the importance of looking at each chapter is that not every season is uniformly the same. There are stages to each season that carry very different energies and characteristics. So for example, the beginning, the middle, and the end of summer are all very different. And so what we've done is we break each season down into smaller increments using the moon. There are generally three moons that occur within each season, and each moon rhythm report provides insight about the experience and the energies of that space and time with the understanding that it is paying attention to the subtleties of each space that is actually the most powerful. At least for myself, I've discovered that when I move from that space of deep understanding and in natural harmony is when I'm honestly the most empowered because again, it validates the full spectrum of being. This is not about just looking at love and light. This is about also looking at darkness and shadow understanding. Like first, let's just clear the patriarchal concept of, you know, light being good and darkness being bad, but it it it's a, you know, through each season we fully explore the full range of being. And that is so, so incredibly important. So to get down to the nitty gritty, what we do in following this global ancient tradition um, is we name each moon according to the energies that really feel represented and present in that chapter, in that full moon cycle. And we create reports of insight 
to hopefully facilitate coming to your own truth or just to validate, you know, hopefully I can validate something that you're experiencing. So our goal is not just conscious living, it's integrated, harmonized living, harmonized to a way of being that validates our processes as humans. And most importantly, we want to create a way to harmonize our inner and outer experience. So the practice of orthology is normally very localized. What I do in these reports is a little bit more dynamic. I'm attuning to the collective, but I always use my environment as my grounding, as my orientation. I was thinking about it and these episodes, the intention of these episodes is really to be like a ritual. I mean, ritual, and this is kind of an important point, ritual does not have to come from any tradition. We as a modern people, we as humans are free to create whatever kind of event, in this case a ritual of acknowledging the moon cycles. We, we can create whatever kind of ritual we need to make a heartfelt connection, to bring meaning and understanding to our lives and to empower ourselves, to move through the phases and the chapters and the processes consciously. I am not necessarily looking to any one particular tradition to teach me. Um, I feel like we as a modern people have access to this kind of understanding and this kind of wisdom regardless of lineage and tradition. All you need to do is go outside and to trust yourself. In order to do this practice, all you need to do is to stand in stillness and declare your intention to our honor this natural part of our lives, to honor our connection with earth, to honor the fact that to be human is to go through cycles and to go through ups and downs and to be initiated in different states of consciousness that are chaotic and are all over the place and don't follow necessarily a linear structure. And the moon rhythm cycle is a really, really, really powerful representation of that within the greater solar cycle. I deeply feel we collectively have already been doing this, but it's important to just state it. It is time we reclaim our right to form ritual and conscious acknowledgement or ceremony or conscious navigation, whatever you want to call it, from our own hearts without the hierarchy of organized religion or some sort of external structure that is going to tell us or orchestrate for us our connection with spirit. We don't need to do that. This is about having our own connection to spirit. We can invent new ways to make our own connections and that is what I'm doing here. That actually leads me to the heart one of like the number one heart intention for this podcast, which is that I am not here. We are not here to proselytize. We are not here to tell you what your truth is, to say that there is a right way or a wrong way or to create one more hierarchical structure um, around these kinds of practices. Earthology is something that is meant to be created for each individual. It is a completely, just like people's spiritual practice, it is a completely individual spiritual 
um, initiation and journey and truth. I'm going to represent my truth. And what I know, like I know, like I know is that when somebody represents their truth, it becomes a beacon for other people to find their own truth. And that is what we want. So like I said before, in other episodes, in other moon rhythm reports that we will do, we will get into a lot more detail. In future moon rhythm reports, we'll probably have a lot quicker of an explanation of what they are. (laughs) But everything that we do on the Earthology podcast is going to be exploring these topics. And in terms of the moon rhythm report, I feel like we just need to get into it. You're going to feel the resonance of it. You're going to hear how it goes. You're going to get it. So without further ado, let's jump in. Real quickly, one thing that I would love, so this is a call to action to everybody. I would love at the beginning of each moon rhythm report to have a segment at the beginning of it where you guys write in and tell me what's going on in your world. What's going on in your environment? How are the different elements affecting you? What are you feeling and sensing in the collective? What is the weather patterns that you're experiencing? Um, How is that affecting you emotionally? Whatever details, you'll kind of hear about the the content that I get into um, So in in the Moon Rhythm Report, and so you'll know it's kind of what I'm looking for. But I just want to hear from you guys because I think it would be so incredible to get information from people all around the world and to share. So, cause I have a feeling we're going to see, even if the weather is different in different places, we're going to see common themes. And that's really what we're doing here with these moon rhythm reports. I think that would be amazing. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at the earthology podcast and send me a DM and just let me know that it is for the moon rhythm report. Um, or you can send us an email. Um, our email is the the earthology podcast at gmail.com would love 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 to hear okay so with all of that said <laughs> which was a little bit all over the place but that's okay that's how it came forward right now and just to all you creators out there I just want to say you don't have to do it perfect every time I am like such a huge perfectionist and the fact that I just got all of that out and I'm not going back and re-recording it is a huge freaking thing and I'm going to encourage all of you to give yourself the power and the freedom to trust that what came forward was what needed to be said okay moving on all right so let's jump right in real quickly though I'm just getting this intuitive sense just to take a second um to attune And what I mean by that is I want everybody to close their eyes, take your left hand and place it on your chest right over your heart, and then take your right hand and place it on your belly. Close your eyes and just take a real deep breath and release out the mouth. (sighs) One more. I just want to thank you again for being here. This is really exciting. (sighs) Allow yourself to be here to have this information. Let's just set the intention to give this time to ourselves to receive. So if you're doing something where your attention is divided, if you have the opportunity to step away and just to bring all your attention and your awareness into this one moment, into this one thing, 
Let's do that together. This information and this awareness is only as powerful as we allow it in. And in other words, how much we integrate it. So I just always want to help facilitate reminding people and validating that creating the space to have is really, really important. And that it's okay to let go of all of the other things. So yeah, let's just forget about our phones, put away the email, put away all this stuff. And just meet each other here in this moment as we explore this incredibly powerful moon cycle. Mm, Thank you. So I am calling this moon cycle, and again, this is for you to define for yourself, but the collective energetic communication that came through was that this moon is both the peak moon and also the crush moon. And the reason that I give each moon cycle two names is because I want to speak to the full spectrum of what we might experience. Um, It's not just one thing. And I don't want to get into terms like one is positive and one is negative or one is light and one is dark. Screw all of that. That does not exist. It is all just experience. But if anything, these are the potentialities of what we might experience. Okay, so let's start with the practical, which is that this is moon number eight. And I know some of you are confused by that. You're going, January, February, I don't know. It's not moon number eight. And that is a topic for a whole other time. It involves um, having a discussion about when the actual new year is. And it's an absolutely fascinating discussion to have. But what's more important is let's just focus right now on this moon chapter. Now, this moon chapter starts today. May 22nd and extends all the way into June. The last day of this moon chapter is going to be June 20th and the next new moon is on June 21st. So our first quarter moon during this time where the moon is waning and is half full is going to be May 29th. Then we have the full moon on June 5th and this is going to be an incredibly powerful full moon. And then the last quarter or the fourth quarter where the moon is waning is June 13th. And again, the next new moon is on June 21st. Now, what's really important to mention is a major solar event, and that is the summer solstice on June 20th, which is really interesting. That is going to be the last day of this moon cycle. But if anything, this moon cycle is defined by this buildup to this summer solstice. Solstice technically means standing of the sun, which is really, really interesting. So you're probably familiar, if you're listening to this, what the summer solstice is about. But if you're not, the summer solstice is technically where we have the longest day and shortest night. Conventionally, it's when people celebrate the beginning of summer. But actually... If you define the seasons according to the presence of light, we are entering into the fall stage. And what I mean by that is that the summer solstice is also the celebration of the return of the darkness. And that's because the day after the summer solstice, the nights begin to gradually increase in length and the amount of daylight that we have gradually begins to decrease. Now that's really, really important kind of metaphorically in terms of understanding the energetic 
kind of thing that we're we're going through right now is we are in the peak light stage. And this summer solstice is the marker of a completion. It's a completion of a cycle that began during the winter solstice. So I'm going to recommend to everybody, if you keep a journal or some way to reference, even if it's like going back on Facebook or Instagram or something, some sort of social media, to see what were the themes of what was coming up during the winter solstice of 2019 and what were the seeds that were planted. Because right now we are in the experience of the push, of the labor, of the exertion of that stuff coming forward. And there's this kind of ticking time bomb pressure that the summer solstice is kind of holding energetically over us, which is this sort of like last hurrah of like, oh my God, I better do it. I better produce. I better go. Because once we enter back into the space of the darkness, that is when our worlds begin to shift inward. And it's not so much about producing and creating and achieving and succeeding. And and I actually don't just want to use those kinds of concepts because that's a very capitalistic kind of patriarchal way of thinking about things. But, but also in terms of expanding and exploring and trying and experimenting and all of those, those elements, that's where we really have permission to do that is in the externalized space space because that's where we are exploring rather than going into the space of the internalization and the integration and all this inner work. So there's a massive amount of pressure right now. So I'm already getting into it. So let's just dive right in. Like I said, this is both the peak moon and the crush moon. So I'm going to kind of start off with talking a little bit about those names. So the peak moon has to do with this incredible amount of potential that we have on the planet right now. It is unlike anything I think a lot of us have ever experienced. Now, on the other side of that, we have, you know, the crush moon, this concept of being crushed. And the best way that I can think to describe it was I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone the other day, and I said, I feel like I'm constantly walking on the blade of a knife. On one side, there's just so much transformation and so much just very rapid a completion of things and expansion and having new space. And like, I'm creating more than I think I ever have. And I'm having all kinds of ideas and all kinds of breakthroughs and all kinds of space for myself in a way that I don't think I've, I've had in the past in the way that I'm having it now. Now to go back to the other side, there's the complete opposite, which is a massive amount of overwhelm, depression, this sense of just being completely out of control and not having access to the tools and the agency in order to change those kinds of things. And a lot of that has to do with what we are collectively going through right now as we are processing this epidemic and this virus. It's completely changed most people's lives. But to go back, I want to touch on this potential for incredible transformation and incredible change. That is not to say that it is going to come easy. That is not to say that 
that isn't going to be defined. That that period where you are doing more and where you are expanding more is not going to be defined by being incredibly uncomfortable. It is so incredibly important right now to begin to be able to discern. Discern what is moments and experiences that are genuinely not working for us and moments and experiences that are just uncomfortable and are actually the initiation phase or the growth period or the expansion process that is leading us into the next thing. The other important piece to this is not just about discernment. It comes down to doing the work, which is such a huge theme right now because more than ever, people are isolated and having to deal with their internal dialogue, their internal relationship with themselves, their their deepest relationship with others, their deepest relationship to the external world and their sense of safety and security and all kinds of different things. And when I say their deepest, I mean subconscious mind. I mean the space and place within our brains that is not directly accessible by cognitive functioning. And that is where we store our programming, our trauma, and emotions. A dear friend of mine used this metaphor that if you have a house that is full, you don't have space to bring new stuff in. It's really quite simple. And so that work right now is about looking at what is around you and whether or not it is working and then doing the heavy lifting. And that means engaging in practices that are trauma-informed, that are subconscious mind-informed, whatever technical term that is. And what that means within this metaphor is that you are doing the work that enables you to access the basement and the attic and the places and spaces and allowing yourself to go into it. It's not about doing all of this heavy, intense work. It's just about creating space to witness. There is this incredible intelligence and movement that is activated when we simply witness that puts the processes into motion effortlessly. When we allow ourselves to witness, we open a space of communication between the cognitive mind and the subconscious mind, and they begin to work together. And when we set an intention to work through certain things, that effortlessly begins to evolve. And that is a part of the incredible transformative power that I see right now, is the more and more we can open ourselves to witnessing what's really, really going on within ourselves, that things can shift so incredibly fast. And part of that is facilitated by the fact that we are within our own space and our own bubble. Not everybody. That is a very privileged and or greatly disadvantaged. There doesn't seem to be a a middle point here. Uh, But a lot of people have lost their jobs and they are at home. And a lot of people don't, you know, are still working, but they're at home, whatever it might be. I don't want to get into a socioeconomic discussion, but privilege is a real thing and that we always need to keep in mind. But there is incredible potential And even if you are not at home and you are working and you are engaging in the world, what I'm talking about right now is not just facilitated by space. It is also facilitated by the collective energies that are here present. So don't think that you're (laughs) missing out. And this leads me to the next aspect that I really want to talk about, which is that we are in a space of redefining 
so many things. <laughs> you don't need me to say that to you. I mean, you freaking know. It is everything from our sense of identity, our sense of identifying with capitalistic priorities. It is everything from identifying and relating to family, to safety, to security, to our mission, to our purpose, to our relationship with nature, to our relationship with the media, our relationship with spirit, our rela- I mean, everything right now. It's almost as if somebody took a puzzle and threw all the pieces into the air. It's almost like the puzzle is suspended above the table and we're putting it back together as it's suspended. So we're examining each piece before we bring it down and agree to integrate it or, or, or use it. Does that make sense? And this is a dynamic that I want to deeply emphasize because the power and potential, again, connecting to the potential of transformation during this time is beyond immense beyond immense. But within the potential of redefinition is the infinite. And not just infinite possibilities, but infinite potential for you to claim your power according to a definition that is authentically you, that is authentic to how you view the world, how you relate to things, that can go beyond programming, that can go beyond circumstance, that can go beyond belief systems and society structure. This is immensely, immensely powerful. And we need to do so consciously. Because the thing is, is if we enter into the reactive space, and I want to catch myself right now, I am saying we need to, and uh, the, the, no, just do you. It's so hard to talk about things without creating a hierarchy. And that's something I really, really, really want to have an episode about. But anyway, if we take advantage and if we are in the space to have, I should say, conscious navigation of redefinition, I mean, I don't even need to explain that, but the power behind that is immense. The ways in which you can own the space of your own life is beyond probably anything that you've ever known. With all the puzzle pieces up in the air, you get to determine how you put it back together. Because maybe all of the puzzle pieces, rather than it being a normal puzzle (laughs) where like only specific pieces go together, maybe the redefinition is in not the, the, the picture that's represented on the puzzle, but the pieces that go together. And you can change them and shift them however you want. That's an interesting metaphor. I like that. I hope you got it. Now, with that said, I think it is very important to mention the other side of that coin, which is grief, which is sadness, which is overwhelm, but primarily grief. Grief about what we have lost. Grief about what has left us or been taken from us in a way that was traumatic or that we thought we weren't ready for, or that maybe we were really enjoying something that was, that was happening in our lives. And suddenly, boom, that's just not happening anymore. There hasn't been many things that have been unaffected by the way things are being dismantled and being, yeah, by the way that things are being dismantled and by the way that things have been removed from us. And during this time, as we are building towards this peak of the summer solstice, dealing with grief is a very difficult dynamic because we are in such an exertive, exertive 
uh, space. And so dealing with grief, it can feel like we don't have space, that we don't have permission. And so the tendency can be, and I just want to say hello to this, the tendency can be for us to go outside of ourselves and to distract ourselves and to, and to fall more into distraction. And what's interesting about distraction, it is often... And this is one of the most misunderstood things. Distraction is often judged as lazy or blah, 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 or something negative. But really, distraction is often a desperate attempt of people reclaiming power over their time and space. Because they're like, I want to feel good. Watch me exert my will and power to achieve that. And that's what they do. So we need to just say hello to that. And if you go into that, that's okay. Considering the amount of pressure that we are under during this moon cycle with this buildup of the peak light season, the peak externalized space, it is so understandable that we would want to run and hide, especially considering how much has changed, how much people have lost. People have lost homes. People have lost their security, their safety. People have lost family, their loved ones. It's huge. And maybe you haven't experienced that directly in your life, but you are part of this collective and we are all partially feeling the grief and collectively we are feeling that and we need to allow ourselves to feel the grief. But there is another element that I want to lead to and this is super intense, but I want to say this is time. With all this loss, it is an initiation to embracing death. Collectively, we have been going through such an incredible initiation about death. I think we are all beginning to understand the impermanence of structures and systems and identities and philosophies that we thought were so solid. And our Western society and our capitalistic economic system is built up around keeping us keeping us comfortable and safe and trying to find safety and security outside of ourselves and keeping us away from the concept of death and keeping us away from the concept of impermanence. Because when you embrace those things, you are so much more fluid. There's a particular demand with the full acceptance of death, a demand that we meet the present with a kind of care and attention and presence that is beyond, I think, what we have now. (laughs) Anything beyond we have now. Death needs to be re-welcomed into our relationship with life, but impermanence, whatever, whatever word works. I personally am not uncomfortable with the word death because death is one of our greatest teachers. Death and impermanence creates urgency to fully live and to fully meet each experience, each person with so much more care and so much more kindness and so much more depth and understanding and curiosity than I think we could ever imagine. I could talk about that for a very long time, but it brings me to the next thing, which is, you know, after experiencing such loss, after being kind of shoved into the initiation of death, which for a lot of people they were not ready for, which for a lot of people collectively, we were just, we didn't have, we don't have the tools in order to fully have the experience and in order to fully integrate the experience. So it's been kind of chaotic. And the product of that has been that there has been a lot of projection and anxiety. There has been such a deep collective process around projection and anxiety. I almost want to call it an initiation. Our animal minds, our instinctual minds, 
even our cognitive minds are is is fully on and fully activated to keep us safe. And the way that the mind works is that it references what it knows and it creates linear narratives based off of evidence or experience to create a structure of knowing so that it can keep itself safe. And that can extend not just to the personal self, but to the economic or to the, you know, pandemic or, you know, whatever is going on. And what we're seeing is people project, 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 and it is full of anxiety. Now, to bring it back down to the individual, I have watched this happen with myself and so many people around me where we are thrown into this space of not knowing. Things are shifting and changing and we're thrown into the big unknown. And there's a lot of grasping going on and there's a lot of identifying with what was or with what we project as an ideal to be. I think that's another thing that we really need to say hello to is just how within all of this chaos and all of this destruction and all of this shifting and changing that we have been trying to prescribe an ideal like love, light, so much infinite potential. No, (laughs) no, no. But if you've been experiencing anxiety, you are not alone. And the other thing that I want to say about anxiety is you cannot fight it. Anxiety is a natural reaction to change, to shifting. It is us trying to get our own attention. There is something within us that is holding on to an old belief system or to an old identity or to an old some, an old thought or an old memory or an old trauma. And the anxiety is this new reality doesn't fit, doesn't make sense to this other part of my brain. This job is to keep me safe. So our job right now is to listen to that anxiety. The thing about anxiety is it's one of those things too where it was just like we push, we push, we push, we push. I can't tell you how much <laughs> I will acknowledge the anxiety, but I won't go into it. But when we go into the anxiety is where we find our power again. And that means letting yourself break down. That means letting yourself crying. That means finding different ways to express anger and fear. And that means going into the anger, which is usually (laughs) a mask for other things, but also going into the fear And I just, I know it sounds so simple, but one of the most powerful tools that I have found is crying. A good cry right now will solve world problems. (laughs) And it is not a sign of weakness. The beauty and initiation of crying, and I know I use the word initiation so much, is that it's like you're going over the top of a roller coaster, like chuk, 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 chuk. And you are convinced as you are beginning to fall, which is that space where you're about to let yourself go into it, that you're going to die, that you're, you're, everything's just going to disappear. But what happens? You go through it. Crying is such a release. I had such a big, good cry. And after that, my chest, my heart, my stomach, my womb, my everything, I was like, I can breathe. Oh my God. And this, I was putting this off. Now, depression could be different. I am not qualified to go into all of the details of that. And, you know, I'm not prescribing anything. But all I do know to say to many of us is that crying is power. The release is power. So as things have begun to shift and change, a very big energy of the time that we are in right now that is kind of at contrast with, I would say, the seasonal energies 
is that we're kind of in this space where we are all beginners. You know, so much has changed, so much has shifted that we are finding ourselves at the beginning of a lot of different things. And whether that's a very practical thing about your job and what you want to be and how you're going to structure your life, or whether that's your relationship with your spiritual self and your spiritual path. I mean, it's across the board. We are in such an incredibly new and different space. And the thing, I could talk a lot about that, but the thing that I really want to touch on that felt like a really powerful Uh, question for us to all ask ourselves is how comfortable are you in that role of being the beginner and how surrendered are you to the curiosity and being a student and that space of not knowing because if we can relate to it as that we are students we signed up for this class there is power there there is so much power to be had in taking ownership of this new space that we are in So another big theme of this moon cycle that I can see coming up is integration of whole being awareness and tending. So for example, when you're growing a plant, it doesn't make sense just to focus on one aspect of it. We need to tend to root, stock, and flower and recognizing they are all one in the same. And what I mean in terms of the human experience is our mind, our body, and our spirit. Some people right now are just comfortable working in the spirit realms. They're not connected to their body. They're not connected to their grounding. And that's fine. But it is a communication that if that's where you're at, that's a communication to you about where you feel disempowered. If you are just in the body and you are disconnected from spirit and you are not communicating with the greater, the cosmic, that's also a communication to you. If you are just in the mind and you don't want to feel the body and you don't want to connect to spirit, that's also a communication to you. So start paying attention to where you are most comfortable in hanging out because that will give you a lot of information about where you are triggered, where all of this shifting and this changing is 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 affecting you. And again, I want to emphasize whole being awareness practices, not just meditation. I highly recommend doing a practice that involves both meditation and breath work and movement. Yoga is amazing for that. You can create your own practice. Tapping, there's so much out there. But making sure that if you can't find one practice that incorporates all of them, that you make time for each and every one. Because being all here allows us to have it all. The degree to which we are here and present in those three spaces is equal to the amount that we can have in those spaces. If you are not in one space, you cannot have what's happening right now. And that's okay. Again, that is okay. I'm just saying. You feel me? Okay. So I want to talk about triggers. And triggers was a word that came up again and again and again because of this buildup pressure to the summer solstice. When we feel pressure, triggers go from being a button to being just a, like, you know, like a hair could fall on it and it just goes off. You feel me? And I'm noticing this in so many people and I just want to say hello to this because this is really important in both having a sense of responsibility within our own experience, but also in the way that we are relating to other people. I just want to say that if you are experiencing other people being triggered like crazy, and just know triggered does not necessarily mean that you get angry, that you get violent, that you get 
sad. I mean, it can come off as dismissive. It can come off as distant. It can come off as being uninterested. There is an incredible range of emotions that people revert to when they don't feel safe. And the reason I use triggered is because triggered speaks to that space where we don't feel safe. I just wanna say hello to that because when we realize that we are collectively going through that, maybe then we can have a little bit more compassion. Maybe then we can have a little bit more empathy and rather than watching someone get triggered and then reacting and then triggered and then reacting and triggered and reacting, we can step out of the cycle and just give it space. A lot of the time, people, when they're triggered, just need space. It's a, They just need a little bit of time to figure it out, to understand what's going on, and then they can decide where they want to act from. But when you're triggered, it's like lighting a match. It just poof, real fast. And if you give somebody space, then maybe... Even if you want to respond, even if they called you out on some shit that was really painful, that was like, oh my God, I got to stand up for myself. Are you kidding me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand up to Susan and tell her what's up. Uh-uh. <laughs> you don't need to. <laughs> you just don't need to. We don't need to be defending ourselves like fucking crazy right now. We already have a lot going on. And I feel like our responsibility needs to be to ourselves, to our own inner dialogue, to our own inner narrative, first and foremost. We can take care of other people. You know, if, if, if communication is needed, then do it. But don't spend a lot of your time running around trying to change everybody's narrative and understanding because you are in process and because you feel like you owe other people an explanation. You don't. So I know we've talked about a lot of really like intense stuff, but honestly, I wanted to kind of prioritize that because I feel like there's a lot that of that, that it's like, that's the bulk of a lot of people's experience. And that's what needs to be spoken to. Now to talk a little bit about some of the lighter stuff in terms of the expansion and the transformation that is all here. I think right now is the potential to bring forward that thing, that person, that project that you have had in your heart and in your soul more potently and more powerfully than ever before. And I just want to say that and kind of let that hang for just a second. I think we are being asked if we are ready to commit. I think we are being asked, are you ready to be disciplined? Are you ready to create structure to make things happen? Are you ready to step into the possibility of failure? Which by the way, ain't no thing. I should tell myself that more. <laughs> but you know what I mean? The potential for that is immense right now. And I think I talked about, I know I talked about this in the beginning, but I just want to say it again, that if we can tap into that fire that the sun represents of this, this burning and this peaking, this climax of the internal expression coming outward, like a sunflower, there is so much coming forward. Now is the time. And I don't know who needs to hear that. I mean, here I am sitting on my little butt doing the first episode of this, and it feels so freaking good. A few months ago, I could never have imagined that I would be doing this. Even still, I have a hard time having it. Today, before I sat down, there were a lot of tears. <laughs> there was so much fear that came up. And that's always a potential, and that's always out there. But if you channel this fire of I'm here for a reason... I'm here to do something. I am valid. I believe in myself. I trust myself. I trust 
my purpose. I try, I mean, I could be like your little cheerleader over here, like, because <laughs> I am. If you go into that and you channel that fire and you cry, I'm going to say cry. I did a lot of crying today to bring this forward. That's what, that's what's up. It's there. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's time to share that gift with the world. The world needs what you have. No more hiding. As we can see in the world today, if you are a healer, if you are bringing forward the real, real, if you are bringing a message forward that that helps and validates people to be in their humanity, we need you more than ever. Okay, the last thing that I want to talk about before we close out this incredibly powerful and beautiful, and thank you so much for being here again, Moon Rhythm Report is to talk real quickly about boundaries because this was a really big theme that I saw in the collective energy that was coming forward. And it has to do with, obviously, you need to be able to find space. And if you can't find space for yourself right now because there's so many external circumstances that are preventing you from just being able to sort through anything, that's also okay. But if you are able to have any space for yourself and you are asking yourself the questions of knowing what you want, there is a lot of energy around making that decision now. It's time to decide. It's time to draw that boundary. It's time to set that out to the universe of this is what I want. This is where I'm headed. This is what I need. It's time to decide. And deciding is way more powerful than it seems. When you decide something, again, there is this effortless opening that happens when we bring awareness to something and we decide there is an effortless movement that follows behind. And yes, decision is a particular form of boundary. And I want to use an example, um, a really dear friend of mine who has just gone through immense shifting and changing and she had to drop out of school. She had to get out of her lease she had to she moved to a completely new place her relationship was up in the air she lost her job i mean it's just i won't even go into it but like everything shifted and changed and she decided okay i'm ready to find a new job and so where she had moved was back home and so she knew some people so she called them and she said hey i've worked for you in the past i want to work for you again and they were like okay come and join the team but then something within her was like mm that's not right. Now, linearly and logically, it's like, but you need money, but you this, but it's, you know, they offered you a job or, you know, it's good work or whatever. But she had already left this job once before and had come to a total inner completion with it. And I watched her go through this process of deciding like, oh my God, what do I do? And it was amazing. The day that she decided I cannot go back there, I left for a reason she got a call, not a f- not like an hour later, with another job offer. It was amazing. The job offer that she got the day she decided she didn't want to go back was what resonated the most with what she wanted to create for herself. And that, if anything, I hope serves to be just an example of how when we trust ourselves to know what is right for us, even if it goes beyond linear logic and mundane necessity and blah, 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 that there is potential for us to create, to open ourselves to infinite potential and to the potential of what we really decide we ask for and what we decide we want for ourselves. All right, so I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you.
Thank you for being here. Thank you for your attention and your time. Thank you for your presence. And the last thing that I just want to say before I sign off is you got this. You're doing it. You can always trust that you are doing it. There is no right. There is no wrong. There is only consciousness. But I promise you, you're doing it. You got this. All right, you guys. Thank you so incredibly much. This is the Earthology Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for the very first Moon Rhythm Report. I'm wishing you so much love. I will see you guys. We will be coming out on June 20th, one day before the new moon, a very special Sun Harmony Report. And this is going to be talking about the solstice and just getting deep into what that means. Um, And we will also also have our next moon rhythm report on june 21st i hope you join us again please like and share this with somebody if it really is meaningful for you you can find us on instagram at the Ethology podcast thank you so much so much love